0: Namaste, we are with Gautam okay. ji once again, and uh, thank you Gautam for your thank time. You. Today we would discuss a very important tool rather than a topic, uh, which I would like to ask you Gautam, that the internal process of surrender to Baba that a surrendered devotee goes through, through life's events, take for example an illness or a loss, As opposed to either a beginner devotee or just the average person, you know, what are the thought processes, the emotional processes, the bhav that a surrendered devotee has amidst these life events?
1: If you could comment on this. Actually, Nick, it's very simple. Surrender, true surrender, is the total acceptance that everything is His will. That's it. The Bible says, the four words in the Bible, Thy will be done, which means, not My will, O Lord, but Thine be done. So if we are totally surrendered to Baba, we would be living this, that whatever happens in life, in our lives, is God's will. Our God is Sai Baba. It is His will. This is true surrender. Now, let's look at surrender. What can we surrender? Can we look at that? We can only surrender what is ours. Now, what is ours? Is anything ours? From birth to death, what is truly ours? If it's an object, we've got it from somewhere. If it's a relationship, it has come our way, either by Karma, which all relationships are, but let's say family Karma, or friends, or whatever. Everything has come to us, has been given to us. Our pleasures have been given to us, our pains have been given to us, our karmic bonds have been given to us. We have really not exercised any choice over all that. Our breathing has been given to us, the blood coursing through our veins is given to us, sitting here is given to us. So can we really surrender any of this, if all this is not ours in the first place? It is given to us by a higher force. Mm. Therefore, surrender is knowing that just as it has been given to us by the higher force, it can be taken by the higher force. But we tend to grasp, we tend to clutch, we tend to hold tightly. We get identified with all these things. We don't want to let go. That is when surrender is difficult. You see? So, true surrender is to accept that even loss is meant to happen. We may not like it but we have to even surrender that feeling of not liking it to Baba. You see, any thought, emotion which is internal, even that has to be surrendered. Surrender is not only of external things, that if something happens to me which I don't like, I have to surrender to it. That is one aspect, but to surrender to each and every thought, and offer it back to Baba, mm. offer it to the Divine, that is living a life of surrender. That is not easy, that is not easy, because our surrender is a selective surrender.
0: Correct.
1: You know, we negotiate yeah. with Baba, yes. that I am okay to surrender this, this I don't want to surrender. That is a process of transaction, of negotiation. Mm. If you had been living the full understanding that everything is God's mm. will, that would be living a life of surrender.
0: You know, I want to take an extreme example of Ayes. For example, she has had excruciating back pain over the years, and I have tried many a time to take her to various doctors, seeing the pain, see, take her to, uh, or rather, take therapists to her for the pain, or something for pain relief. But she never showed any interest, and all she would say is, "Baba's." my Master, He will take care. So, there were, I used to notice there was no fear there, there was no resistance in her at all, there was total trust, and that trust is love for me, for Baba, that it was so intense that she would almost not notice the pain. Everyone else would be like, oh, there's, it's so bad. Yes. And I felt if you can take her internal process and say, I don't expect everyone, it will not be easy for everyone to go to that level of surrender, but if they can at least take pointers from either I's example, or many others that say we can probe at, that what are the internal mi- minor processes that go on within a devotee during a time which is tough. For example, Hemama recently, her daughter had Dengue, and I was on in contact with her on the phone. And I would notice she was doing what was needed on the outside, like taking the, doctor, uh, the daughter to the doctor and all of that. But internally, there was no turbulence. She has said, "This matter is at Baba's feet; he knows what is best." So I felt if we can take this dialogue, uh, you know, just so for devotees to look into the minds and being of these devotees, so they can take something into their own lives and apply
1: it. Yes. Now, I think we should use this example, and one which is a more generic example, because you have mentioned two staunch devotees of Baba. right? Now, why are they able to deal with these situations? It's because they have the total acceptance that whatever happens is as per His will. So, I, for example, has the acceptance that if the body is meant to survive, it will survive, yes. if it is not meant to, that is Baba's will. She is not attached to wanting to survive. You see, when one is not attached to that, then you are fine with what happens. right? Similarly, let's take Himama. Hey Of course, she will think like a mother, her child is suffering from dengue, it's not that she will live like a zombie because she has full surrender that what has to happen will happen, but that faith... I'm not referring to faith that my child will get okay, everything will be bright sunshine, positive, beautiful roses, I'm not referring to that faith, I'm referring to the unshakable faith that what is meant to happen will happen, by the grace of Baba, and because His eye is on the situation. That is the faith I am referring to. That is called surrender. So when one is surrendered to that degree, the mind is not troubled beyond a point. You see, the mind is still free compared to ordinary minds, because their degree of surrender is that. Baba Himself has told devotees who were around Him when He was alive, that, I cannot remove your suffering, but being near me will dissipate it. He Himself has said that, you see, because sometimes we have to go through our karmic blueprint and our journey of life. But the grace of the Guru makes that journey simpler. There was one devotee, I remember, who lost a child who was with Baba. I don't remember the name of the devotee. But it was the same thing. Baba told him that, look, your child was meant to go. At that time, his karma was finished. But you being near me, you will find it easier to deal with the loss than if you were not under my shadow. You see? So, these extreme examples, that's why they become living embodiments of the teaching. That's why you have them on your channel. Now, let us take ordinary people like us. You know What does surrender mean for us? We may not have that exalted position of seeing everything in that light. What happens? Some of us may have more fear. We are fear-based, right? So we may fear a situation and an outcome. What can we do? We can surrender that feeling of fear also to Baba, that, Baba, look here, fear is arising. I am built that way. Maybe my conditioning, what life taught me when I was young, when things were taken away, my parent was taken away when I was young, it led to fear in life. So I am in this situation, I know it's inevitable, there's going to be something happening, fear is arising, and I offer that fear also to you, because it is not my fear. Fear is happening. So I am offering that fear too at your feet, in the hope that I am able to handle that situation better, and my fear better, because if I could handle it, then that would mean I don't need you. But I need you to even handle that. That is why they say to offer every thought, every feeling, every emotion to the feet of the Master. That is what is surrender. True Surrender is the surrender of the sense of doership, that I did something. True Surrender is to offer the sense of doership to God, and that is the message of the Bhagavad Gita. That is the message where Krishna tells Arjuna that the ego-deluded thinks I am the doer. So that sense of doership has to be offered, that, Lord, You are the One doing everything, including what is going on within this body-mind-organism. It is all You are doing. To offer that at the feet of the Lord is true surrender.
0: Could you share a prayer, for example? By prayer, I don't mean the prayer people identify with, but... A prayer as a process. That say, if someone is in a difficulty, whether it is loss of money or whatever, like you could, for example, pray to Baba that Baba only you know what is best for me. Please give me the strength to face the situation with dignity, and you're not asking Baba to change the situation, but give me the strength to accept it fully, and see what you know what is best for me or whatever could you give some certain prayers or certain things so one could rather do that inside than go reactive or get you know where there is some fear that arises you just how do you leave it at baba's feet
1: you see the genuine prayer according to me is one which you are not asking for something yes. specific mm. because we never know what is good right. for us in the first place mm. right now My teacher would say that the true prayer is a prayer of gratitude, which arises from the heart. For all that God has given you, we tend to focus on what is not given, what is taken away, but what about what all has been given to you? Your life has been given to you, should not a prayer of gratitude arise for that itself? Whatever love you experienced has been given to you, should not a prayer of gratitude arise? That is one kind of prayer. Another kind, now for me, and the example you used, for me when I was young, my prayer was, please give me the strength to deal with life's situations, because I realized early on, very little was in my control. Life was more pain and less pleasure. So how to deal with it, with peace, equanimity, calm, and tranquility, is what I was seeking from a young age. Mm. That was a prayer. in this book, A Cause in Miracles, which is very popular in the West, there's another beautiful prayer which is almost like saying that, Dear God, please release my fear-based thoughts. That is the only prayer. Because so much of our thinking is fear-based. Mm. Me, I want me to survive. Me and my story. You know, which is all fear-based. Why? Because I don't want to die. Mm. Which means the ego does not want to die. And the Buddhists have said that all fears, all fears in life, are ultimately the fear of death. Death of what? Not death of the body, because the body, when it's dead, is dead. It is the Me which is afraid of dying. The Me with its sense of doership is what is afraid of death. So, Dear Lord, please release all my fear-based thoughts, is a prayer, because You know You can't do it, because You are fear-based. So you offer it to the higher power to help you through that journey. So the other aspect is that there is no harm in praying for the health of loved ones, because of course you would want everyone to be healthy, or not even loved ones, everyone. That is a genuine prayer. You don't want people to suffer. Health is one, financial difficulties, whatever it may be, because there is a felt oneness with Being to use Eckhart Tolle's words, you feel one, so someone else's suffering is your suffering, you don't want them to go through that, but when the understanding is there, that we all have our destinies to play out, the prayer is just one, to say that, Lord, please be as gentle as possible through that person's karmic journey. These are prayers from the heart, to pray for certain outcomes, for certain relationships you want in your life, for certain deals to happen uh, in business. Okay, fair enough. That's also genuine because that's arising, but what we do is, we latch that on to an outcome, that I want a specific outcome. So prayers which are not based on outcomes wanted a certain way, those are the genuine prayers, to accept, that yes, I want this, yes. but I do know that whether or not I get it is your will. True. That is a genuine prayer.
0: You know, sometimes I would wonder that how does one truly know what is God's will? And then in time I could be wrong. But I felt when resistance comes in an event. See, when you truly go with the flow of life, accept everything as it is. That is God's will in action. Mm. Now, naturally, there are certain events that come. Or you say, you want to make a decision, or an apparent thing like that you wish for. If it comes unasked and naturally, then it is coming. But when there is resistance there, then it's a sign for the devotee to look that it may be not meant to be. Don't push it beyond the point. Like you may try once. If Mm. it doesn't work, let go. Right. Could that also be a pointer? Because so much of suffering is people trying to push the boat up the hill.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And that causes more conflict.
1: Yes. And by all means try. Yes. You know, if you are determined, like they say. That you know, for one who keeps trying, there is no failure, etc. If that is your nature and you are determined for an outcome, keep trying. Your nature may be to try a hundred times, but as long as you are clear that your trying hundred times does not guarantee the outcome, you see, what we do is we get focused that no, if I try, I will definitely get it. That is not true. That may happen in some instances, it will not happen in all instances. Some things are not meant to happen. To live this understanding that some things are not to happen, is not meaning to live fatalistically. It is to live knowing that if something is to happen, it will happen. That is what Ramana Maharshi has said, that what is meant to happen, will happen, and what is not meant to happen, won't try as you may. So the best cause is to keep silent. And when he said to keep silent, he didn't mean to talk less, he, mean, he meant the silence of the mind. When you accept that what is meant to happen, will happen, and what is not meant to happen, won't, the mind is automatically silent. Now, is that not a prayer? That is also a prayer. The best prayers are the silent prayers. To wish peace for all is a beautiful prayer, because you are no longer focused on only Me. For all, that is a prayer. Sai Baba's life was a living prayer. The fact that he could feel what someone was feeling hundreds of miles away is a prayer only.
0: You know, over time, having met devotees like I, and ones who have surrendered to Baba fully, One thing I felt, Kautam, is that in their lives, uh, see, the karmic journey of what is meant to happen to the body on the outside is the same. Baba will reduce the intensity of their suffering, that is guaranteed, where on the outside what is to happen will, but I used to reflect on this, how? And what I see, like in Aayi's case, the pain of the body is there, it could have been with any devotee with the same karma. But because she is totally surrendered to Baba, the love for Baba is so intense that her level of consciousness is merged into him. That when the event is happening, the painful event, her level of consciousness, Baba raises to such a level that it is just an apparent, like drama, so to speak, you know, that happens. Whereas in an unsurrendered person, the average person,
1: they get totally pulled into the experience. Yes, because, you see, what happens is, we overlay what is pure physical pain with a lot of psychological pain about the physical pain. The surrendered devotee does not do that. So it is just pure pain which they are dealing with, pain in the moment. We have built a huge monument and story about that pain, Mm. that inflates our suffering, that inflates our pain. We ask questions, we try to reason it out, we get caught in the wheels of yes. the story of the pain. Yeah. To be surrendered means, like you said, to accept that the pain of the body is there and it will take its course. But even transcending that, where when you are so absorbed in Baba that you
0: transcend the consciousness of the body by His grace to a certain extent, or to a total extent, where on the outside it will look to the observer that this person is suffering, but they are so absorbed in Baba, and I think this is the final state of freedom then, where then what happens is, you are free of the link
1: to what is happening. That is when you are not identified with the body anymore. You see, when that level of identification goes away, you don't feel the pain of the body. But let's not forget that the pain will make you cry out in pain. You know, Even Ramana Maharshi with cancer cried out with the pain but there was no identification with the pain, you see. So it is rare that you will not feel the physical pain, and yes, Masters and Siddhas have that. Let's take Sai Baba Himself. He did a practice called Khandamanda Yoga, which involved cutting off the limbs of the body and offering it to the fire, which was actually a test of the Yogis, especially in the Aghori Sadhana, to see how identified or disidentified you were with your own body. And what would happen through that process, because fire is purity, as a result of that act, it would regenerate the limbs. And people saw this happening, from what I have read with Sai Baba, that He would put His limbs in the fire and they would grow back, to prove to themselves that there was no identification left with the body. So these are extreme examples. But for us common people, even if we are not able to transcend the pain by going into states of Samadhi, etc., just the fact that our minds are not involved in the pain as a big story, and we have totally surrendered and accepted that this is there because it is Baba's will, and He has to take care of it, we may still feel the pain, but the drama with the pain is finished. And you've used the classic example of I for this. Yes. That is what has happened. Yes. And if, by all means, if she no longer even feels the physical pain, that means, as you said, her consciousness has reached that level of disidentification from the body. She does feel the pain, but yeah.
0: I meant something slightly different where she's so absorbed in Baba that she doesn't notice it, that even through the pain, She's the love for Baba, and yes. that faith is so immense yes. that it overrides all of this. Is just like a play, which, as she says, Beautiful. the body is meant to. It will happen, Beautiful. and nobody can be spared of it.
1: Yes, it's a free mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's a free mind. Yeah, as Ramakrishna Dev said, he said, suffering is of the body; none can escape it.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.